0: From the headquarters of Bianca's Kids in the heart of South Jersey, this is the Miracle Mob Podcast with Debbie Savigliano.
1: Hi, everyone.
0: So, hi, Debbie.
1: Hello there, Dan.
0: Some wonderful things happening.
1: As per usual.
0: Yes. You know what? Uh, this is a rare, this is going to be a rare and special show. This is just you and me.
1: Yes, yeah, our first episode, Sans Guest. Yes. Have we done a few shows? without guests no we've never done a show without guests
0: i don't think we have
1: no this is our first one No,
0: we've had muffin
1: it's me and you yes we've had yes we've we've never been without a guest and we're going to be doing a bunch of these and i thought how what would be a good subject for us to talk about and i somehow came up with the idea that we should talk about depression Oh, that sounds like fun. Yeah, it does. I know it's it's such a blast to, to be to go through it. Um, but the reason why I did is because I was at a wish this week. On Monday, we went to Saint Chris, Chil- uh, Saint Christopher's Hospital for Children in Philadelphia. I'm
0: looking at this now. I just pulled it up on your um, on the Bianca's Kids Facebook page, and I'm I'm looking at some of the highlights.
1: All right, so there's a method behind my madness with the subject of this. First of all, because how many people actually deal with depression, um, the, the role it plays in our everyday life. Um, but yes, we went to St. Chris and a lot of times, unfortunately, when we do grant wishes, we're dealing with sick children and it's, it's a very hard thing to try and remove yourself from the reality of the sadness of these situations. So the wish that we granted at St. Chris was for their <laughs> dialysis unit. We do a lot of work with St. Chris. We've provided them tons of different parties. We've donated electric cars to them for children to drive themselves into surgery. Um, it reduces their stress when they leave their parents, and they have these little like electric Mercedes cars that we bought. <laughs> They're I, adorable. I did see that, yeah. So this time we wanted to do something for the dialysis department because I have a family member who's going through dialysis. He's a grown man, um, but... We were discussing the boredom of having to sit there three times a week for four hours at a shot, and it came to me that- People my, forget that. Oh, my God. I didn't you know say, it.
0: You say, oh, I got to go to dialysis, and you know, you think it's going to be a quick procedure. You don't realize-
1: How long the treatments are. Yeah. You're stuck just sitting in a chair for four hours, and you know, how long can you look at your phone- um, how long can you play on a on a game or whatever? Or some and some people don't have it. So then it occurred to me, and I said, "My God, there's children that have to be going through dialysis." So I get in touch with my contact at St. Chris, and she said, "Boy, our dialysis unit could really use some iPads, some electronic." Devices where these kids that come in, a lot of them come from low income families. They don't have money for phones or iPads or anything, and they are sitting there two and three times a week for four hour sessions each. And if we were able to provide them with iPads, it would entertain these kids. It would help offset the boredom that they deal with and entertain them. They could do their homework on them while they're there. And so what we did is we found out how many, what the max amount of people were at one time that could be receiving dialysis. They said nine. And so we donated nine brand new iPads to St. Chris on Monday, and we got to meet um, some of the kids that were there receiving dialysis at the time. And we met a handful of them. They were from three years old to to 17 years old. Yeah, I'm
0: I'm looking at some of the pictures from from the presentation of of you guys handing out these these tablets you know and there, mm-hmm. there's there's this little girl just sitting in the bed with with her tablet right and the next picture is this beautiful young lady
1: right she's 17, we, 17. she's 17 yeah- mm-hmm. now imagine like you're 17 the last thing you want to be doing is sitting in a hospital waiting for a transplant because that's where they are now they're in th- that they're at their last stop now before right transplant they're all on the list awaiting a perfect match for them. And you see this little girl, she was like three years old. We're looking through the Biancas kids Facebook page of the photos of this wish granting. And, you know, she's sitting there for hours and hours and hours. And how do you explain to a kid, no, you can't get up. No, you can't walk around. No, you can't, you know, eat anything right now. You can't it's a very difficult thing. Um and so leaving there.
0: Uh, now, yeah. I, 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 we're 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 looking at the pictures right now. And, and you can see them. You can find them all go to the Bianca's Kids Facebook page. And I'm looking at, is, it, is this one room and they're all mm-hmm. in this room? That's right. So it's like one large hospital room, almost like an uh, like an ICU unit without the, the curtains and stuff. Mm-hmm. And there's just different beds, beds all over the place. Lined up.
1: So what they have is sessions.
0: Okay. So they'll have
1: like these kids, for instance, where the 10 o'clock session, mm-hmm. they'll have up to nine kids at a time, but they're coming like these are 10 to two, the next batch will come in three to seven, you know, the next ones come in eight to midnight or whatever it is, but that's how it works for them. Um, it's kind of like a revolving door of kids that need this, this type of treatment, but they were so happy. I mean, I can't tell you how happy they were to get these iPads and play with them and play their music on them. And, you know, they were just so excited and looking at the parents and all that they go through and having to see their kids go through this, there's just no way that if you have the tendency to, to, to battle depression, which I do, um, I was diagnosed with depression and anxiety several years ago. And, you know, there's a a few different ways that you can combat it. I mean, they, they're like I'm just reading some of the the statistics on nndc.org and they're saying that depression is the leading cause of disability in the United States among people 15 to 44. I mean it's such an incredible epidemic in our society today I don't know why there has been such an incredible increase I don't know if it's just more realized now if it's something in what we eat, if it's the way that we live. Um, But it just seems like almost everybody (sighs) I know is on some kind of Mm mood-altering medication or going through therapy uh, to combat uh, depression and anxiety. Um, For example, leaving the hospital on Monday, this is part of what we do that that I hate, and that's leaving there and just, falling into such a sad state. Um, And that's circumstantial. So the the few different types of depression that I know of are circumstantial, seasonal, chemical. Somebody like me, uh, it runs in my family, my father's side of the family, depression, anxiety, bipolar disorder. It runs rampant in my family. So it is genetic for me. Um, It is chemical and like I said, I was diagnosed with it a long time ago. While there is a stigma about being on medication for depression, I could care less. I tell everybody and anyone, I have been on Lexapro for years. It saved the quality of my life. That coupled with, you know, going to therapy, talk therapy. In fact, my therapist is going to come on soon. To, we're going to do a show about grief and she's amazing. Um, and Marie, she's helped me through it. But the medication coupled with talk therapy has been a lifesaver for me. And I know that so many people deal with it and are either embarrassed to talk about it. Um, I find a lot with men that they they, they either don't recognize it, don't want to recognize it, or it's a sign of weakness if they recognize it. So I'm going to ask you, if you don't mind, have you ever going through a time where you felt like you've dealt with a depression oh me yeah oh yeah you have yeah and I'm a mess <laughs> most of us are I sw- every single person
0: I'm a mess I will I will tell you um, I do study my moods depending on what I eat
1: okay. yeah like okay if
0: I eat a lot of junk
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know I, I see my mood A trigger. Yeah, absolutely. Very bad. I, I just want to just watch TV. I don't want to get up. I just mm-hmm. want to feel like a just really lagging, and it, it's almost as if all all that fructose syrup that you're consuming and in, in these snacks and stuff gets in your blood and turns your blood to sludge, and you just and heavy, feel it's like a heaviness, right? Yeah, you just yeah. just feel that this heaviness about you. I've had a lot of bouts with depression. Just really? just sad moments or yeah. happy moments or you know. My my emotional state just goes all over the place. Yeah. You know.
1: And how long have these bouts lasted? Are they anywhere from like hours to days to weeks to months or what?
0: All of all of the above. All of the above.
1: Me too. Yeah. yeah.
0: And and I, I've seen things where I have exercises that I've created for myself, mental exercises. Yes. That when I feel this way. Go to this YouTube page or go to this um, speech or, or, or go, go pull up this quote or, or go see this and little things to trigger my state of mind to get me focused again, get me in, in a good state of mind. But I can get so depressed that I'm not even in the mood to do that. To do that.
1: Okay, so redirecting your thoughts is one of the best ways, best mental exercises. And, and that's what my therapist taught me. Part of the talk therapy was. Always have a happy place, happy thought. Like when was the happiest time of your life? Or are you a person that loves, that, say, the beach? Or you love the the mountains, like a snowy cabin in the mountains is something that makes you happy. You kind of always have to have that on standby. And when you are feeling depressed, boom, redirect that thought to your happy place. Now, sometimes that doesn't always work. I mean, I've even had times where she had said, I want you to imagine a stop sign. Because sometimes you have these... You're suffering from anxiety, you're having these thoughts that are so scary and that you know brings you into the depression. and you just... What are some of your scary thoughts? Oh gosh, when I was in the height of my anxiety and, and, and I even know where you know from all the talk therapy, I know where it stemmed from. So when I was 11, my dad left the house one night to go pick up my sisters at a dance, and he never came back. My father was killed in a car accident um, in South Jersey. Uh, we lived in Philadelphia at the time. He went to pick up my sisters from a teen dance, and and he died in the car accident. And from that moment on, I'm deathly afraid of cars. So every time anyone I loved left the house, and it got even worse when I had children. Okay, so now I have these three (laughs) boys that wear my heart in their chests. And every time they'd walk out of the house, I'd be like, oh my God, is this the last time I'm going to see them? Is something going to happen to them? What am I going to do if something happens to them? I I mean, it just over and over and over again with these, and putting yourself in a panic mode.
0: Yeah, I've had, I think being a parent.
1: Yeah, you're very vulnerable.
0: And and just being a parent in general, when you see the worst that humanity has to offer, and you you, you have a tendency sometimes to put your child in the position of that victim. Yeah. You know, oh my god, this and 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 this and you come to a crossroads, you come to a fork in the road. I can dwell on this. First of all, I can just okay, forget this. Get this out of my head. Mm-hmm. I'm going to watch cartoons or something. Mm-hmm. You know, or you can dwell on this. You know, what's the worst that they can do to my kid? What's this? You know, and and then you visualize your beautiful child being harmed in a certain way right. and you, you don't stop it. You just keep creating you this can. scenario. Your
1: brain. When, created, when, like, for me, I couldn't stop it.
0: When, when so often you need to say, okay, I'm at that fork in the road where if I dwell on this, this, right. this can just make me miserable and, and sad and just really, really mess me up. F me up totally. Mm-hmm. Or I can just, okay, before we even go there don't go there right find something else to do
1: so i can do that now so now that, so let me explain to you how this worked when i had those intrusive thoughts that took over my entire day and would not stop i didn't have the ability chemically to do it to take charge of my own mind and say okay stop i'm going to put this i, I couldn't and if i did it would be temporary it would sneak right back up again are they in school is the school getting shot up like you just think of the worst things in the world it wasn't until i actually got on the right medication which for me was lexapro once i took that within 30 days because I, I fought it for a long time i said how's a pill going to change the way i think how doesn't it, it couldn't i couldn't put it together until i trusted the process and said let me do it. what do i got to lose I, you know I, I mean maybe the quality of my life improves if anything happens well 30 days later i'm like wow, I haven't had one of those thoughts in like a week. And then it went to two weeks and then a month, and then they just totally disappeared. Now I'm in talk therapy at the time as well, where my my therapist is teaching me about how to redirect those thoughts. The Lexapro helped me to gain control. So whenever it would break through, whenever I'd have a scary thought break through, I then had the tools to say, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going there today. I'm not going to ruin my own mind with that shit. There's nothing I can do to prevent it from happening. Uh, you know, you kind of, it, it allowed you to gain hold of those emotions. They weren't completely out of control and controlling you, mm-hmm. right? But people go through depression for tons of reasons. And
0: well, now there's I, also differences. There's depression. Yeah. And there's anxiety.
1: Yeah. And the anxiety triggers depression because. For me it was I was living in a state of panic all mm-hmm. the time and who that's who wants to live like that
0: Yeah you know what does it for me what S- simple things that really just set my mind off mm-hmm. if i think of death mm-hmm. in general mm-hmm. or uh something that my mind can't comprehend like the end of the universe or, yeah. or, or something like this if I try I, not to think if, that deep. If, if, if i get into these moods you know i have a lot of downtime when i'm driving home at night (laughs) and sometimes you know i just have the radio off yeah and i'll just start thinking or if i'm laying in bed just before i go to sleep i'll
1: just realize
0: the the reality i will die yeah and what will that be like what am i going to be doing Am I going to be very bored? Is there if, life after if, death? Am I going to be bored? If <laughs> there is life after death, what is it? Right. And I can get to the point where I'll start panicking and want to rip out of my body. I'll just say mm-hmm. I don't want to die. You right. know, I, and See, it's control. And, and you feel my heart, I could feel my heart pounding and stuff and I I would get this when I was 7 years old. I still get it. It's anxiety. And, yeah. And and I I would get it when I was first going with um, my my wife now Karen, you know in, in our early stages we couldn't be away from each other and it was just the anxiety
1: oh, that yeah. would lead to a
0: panic of, of not being around a person
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know there, there's so much I can be in an open space, I can be at in, in a parking lot in a Walmart or or just going to a store and just feel. So claustrophobic because I, I miss her her. And and that's another one, just claustrophobia. Just just it's
1: all part of anxiety. It's all anxiety it's and all, and con- all panicking. It's ca- crazy. And but you see, this is all your type of depression is circumstantial. So you can mm. always kind of attribute it to something. In other words, you lose a loved one, I, you go through I can't, a divorce, I you can't.
0: know. And I think I think in the end for me, a lot of it has to do what i consume
1: okay then you know what your trigger is
0: yeah as as far as the sugars and and the the artificial stuff absolutely and 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 how that just totally messes me up
1: it's got to play a role absolutely and and just the thought of the fact that you're not taking care of your body that you work Mm -hmm. so hard to lose all the weight and you're like shit Mm -hmm. i just screwed up this whole freaking day you know and that could put you in. and then when you're eating healthy and you know you did well Vice versa. You feel good.
0: You feel so good that you think, let's start let's stir up the shitstorm and let's <laughs> let's have some sugar. <laughs> right.
1: I did so good today. Things, Let are, me just... things are going too good right now. Let's screw it all up. <laughs> right. Oh yeah, then there's the whole self-sabotaging thing. I mean I do that a lot. Do you really See, I we're do brutal? You we are brutal. You I mean do you think about the I, mind?
0: I, I, I self-sabotage a lot with everything. I, I and I saw my dad do it and makes me more aware of it
1: to stop it so is it something where do you do it when you feel like things are going to like this is all too good to be true something? sometimes yeah Some,
0: sometimes i remember i remember being on a vacation and, and they had a talent show for i was it was on a cruise and, and they had a talent show for all the you know all the guests and mm-hmm. to be the guest talent show and i auditioned and i nailed it i was it was phenomenal and I never bothered to go to the actual show.
1: Why you're afraid to the I, I don't know. I don't know. Really? Yeah. And you're you an not like that now? I mean, you sing in I, front. I of-
0: I don't know if it was my way of just you know creating a false circumstance so that I can be a victim later. It's because of this that I wasn't able to go to the okay. talent show. Okay. Yeah. Or 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 just doing it for for attention. I do not know why I, I didn't go.
1: It's it's you know it's a very mysterious thing. I mean, it's it's
0: so easy for me to just pull the plug on something going very good. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe maybe it's the fear of what if this succeeds.
1: Oh oh I oh I, I listen. I have had years of being terrified to succeed, and terrified. To fail, it's crazy. Now that, you tell me what the hell I'm supposed to do with that? Yeah, like I've had so many great things happen in my life over the past ten years, and before they happen, I'm like, oh my god, what if we were to really get a show? What would if we were really get a podcast? What if we really get a radio show? What if we really get a hundred thousand dollar like I, I'm afraid to succeed and I'm afraid to fail. Mm-hmm. It's it's nuttiness, but once you get a hold of it and really figure out, like for me, what it took medication um, talk therapy I'm at a place now in my life where I can enjoy I don't always feel like oh this is so good to be true I'm waiting for the other shoe to fall I went through that for decades so you never really enjoy the good times in life because you're always waiting for That's that. That's a lot of people. That's yes. that,
0: that That I believe is a lot of people.
1: And I think it has to do too, Dan, when we look at the, you know, when we get bombarded on the freaking news and the radio and everything is bad news and everything is who murdered who, who killed this child, who did, it's, it's constantly bombarded and bombards our brain with these negative stories and thoughts and, and then you go, well, why not me? Why should I have such a great life? Look at all these people that are suffering, you know, and so the, you kind the, of feel the, there's like there's a
0: lot of that. There, there's there's a, a guilt association, yeah, especially if you're successful. I, I know that uh, there are people who are successful, music musically, yeah, who feel guilty because yes, not only didn't other people make it, but they made it, and no. They know in their heart of hearts that they weren't as good as, as the other others. people who, yeah. who didn't make it, and and through that, uh, there's a um, there's there's a a female podcaster. She's got her own talk show named uh, Christy Wright. She's got a she does a lot of good things for women. She's got a, a book called The Business Boutique, and it's it's a whole thing on uh, making entrepreneurs out of women, empowering mm-hmm. women and stuff. And she was talking about. A fraud complex, where, because a person isn't the absolute best, yes, but they're very successful doing what they're doing. In in this case, let's let's say a musician, and and they're very successful doing it, like 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 a Britney Spears or a Madonna, right? Or or just think of a singer in general. Think Elvis. Okay, he couldn't play an instrument. Right. He barely knew how to play chords on his guitar, and and stuff. Plus, he was the surviving twin. His his brother oh, yeah. Jesse Garen was stillborn. Right. So he I could had see that. not only did he have survivor's remorse for for that, but but why me?
1: Yeah, that you know, fraud he, thing. I can understand he's, he's that. He's playing,
0: and and when he's playing live shows, he's got the best of the best behind him, and he knows that these guys are better players and. And these people are better singers. You know, why, why me? And it's it's something that um, many people starting businesses start to feel, especially if it gets successful. You know, wh- why me? Sooner or later, they're going to realize I'm a fraud. You know, yeah, I I could do I that. Think that too. I could do that right now. I'm am a guitar player. Me too. I'm very successful, and my my I I'm very lucrative. It's a very lucrative career for me. Mm-hmm. But I'm not in by no means the best guitar
1: player. Okay, so so I'm like, let's I'm talk like, to the people out there that are feeling this because we, we can yeah. all kind of think about that. Like I, I think to myself, Bianca's Kids is so successful. I, I don't have a college degree. I don't know a single thing about nonprofit world. I don't have a finance degree. I don't have any. So
0: Right, I so could, dealing with these business executives for sponsorships yeah. and these corporate people, they're going to think I'm a fraud.
1: They're going to wait until they figure me out. But yeah. here's the
0: thing. I'm just a housewife from Jersey.
1: <laughs> right. The thing is this that I realized very early on, and I hope other people out there that are listening realize this too, that whatever it is that you want to do or want to achieve, there, there is so much more that goes into being su- successful at that specific thing. So, for example, you're playing the guitar. I'm sure there's better guitar players than mm-hmm. you out there. I'm sure there's guys out there that can't play a lick, okay? But there's more to your success than just being able to... Sh- to to play the chords.
0: And I believe that. Your
1: personality, your voice, your ability to network, your kind heart, your aura, people, you're approachable. There's so much people that work with you, want to have you back again. It's the way you make the audience feel. You know, it's 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 a lot.
0: Right. And and that's something that people have to realize it's it there's so much more that you offer than your product.
1: So don't be down on yourself. Exactly. No. Be proud that you've been able to to achieve, because I think about that too. I think about like a Britney Spears and the Madonna. And the truth is, they don't sing. I really don't. Need. I mean, I'm not a singer. <laughs> but I don't think. I don't think either of them can really sing. I just never did. When you compare them to a Whitney Houston, a Celine Dion, you know the great voices mm-hmm. a Queen, you know people that really can sing, but they they are showmen. Madonna's a showman. I mean nobody put on a better concert than Madonna.
0: No and nobody works as hard
1: The ambition exactly yeah. her blonde ambitions were but the ambition to to mm-hmm. never give up to never to push that's a quality that not everybody has No
0: and what's even more mind-blowing is that when you eventually read their bios and their autobiographies, you know I, I read a, a Springsteen autobiography yeah. at, the, at, at his height these, this is him in the 90s. He just played the Super Bowl and and stuff, 2000s and stuff. He's depressed.
1: Yeah, see? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. He was
0: going through such depression. He couldn't be home. Like, he would just have to be on the road. He would drive from the Jersey Shore to his house in in L.A. And then once he was there, he realized he couldn't sit still. He he would drive back. Wow. He always had to be moving. And he said his first day with with a therapist— all he did was cry and this is the boss he's, he's I mean it doesn't get bigger more than established you know
1: doesn't get bigger doesn't no. get wealthier doesn't get more successful and it's even everybody. He, everybody everybody you better believe it and so when we talk about it i say <laughs> let's get let's raise the dialogue i mean it's definitely more predominant now in the everyday discussion um and share your thoughts.
0: you know, uh, w- where can they email us?
1: They can email us at debbie at org. okay. And the, you know the main reason why I wanted to talk about this too was because in addition to exercise and eating right and talk therapy and medication, that giving back is absolutely a way to heal your own depression. There is so much healing in helping others. And Bianca's Kids has been a conduit to that for many years. People that are recovering drug addicts, people that are grieving and want to honor a lost loved one. If you reach out to someone else and they do you the honor of giving you their hand and you can provide them some help, I guarantee you some of that depression is going to dissipate. Not That darkness starts to fill up with light.
0: And with that... We hope you have a great week. You want to please tell your friends about us, about the Miracle Mob podcast. You can hear us on Apple Pod, Google Play, Spotify, and virtually anywhere else you can get your podcasts. And please visit BiancasKids.org to find out how you can make a difference. A little bit goes such a long way. Have a great day, everyone.
1: Thanks, everyone.